0: to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the story of Joseph as we pick up in Genesis chapter 47, verse 1.
1: And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. So we turn in our Bibles now to the 47th chapter of Genesis. Joseph has been sold by his brothers as a slave to the traders going to Egypt. In Egypt he is resold and purchased by a man named Potiphar who was the chief captain of the Pharaoh's guard. God prospered him and blessed him in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's house was blessed because of Joseph's being there. He made Joseph the head over everything he had. Potiphar's wife set her eye upon Joseph, sought to seduce him when he refused her seductive ways. She became angry, accused him of attempted rape, and Joseph was placed in prison in Egypt with an indeterminate sentence. There in prison, God blessed him, and he came in favor of the captain over the prison, and he turned the whole prison over to Joseph. And Joseph ran the affairs of the prison. And while he was there in prison, the king's butler, chief butler, and the chief baker of the pharaoh both got into trouble with the pharaoh. Perhaps there was an attempted assassination plot, maybe a, a poisoned bit of bread or something that the chief butler brought to the pharaoh. And the taster who tasted it dropped over dead And so they don't know who did it, uh, the baker or the butler. And so they're both thrown in prison until the matter can be determined. While they are in prison, they meet Joseph, and Joseph becomes acquainted with them. They both of them, one morning, look very sad. And when Joseph questions the reason for their sadness, they inform him of these dreams that they have had. The butler Uh, seeing a vine with three branches and clusters of grapes, and he squeezed the grapes into a cup and carried it to the Pharaoh. Joseph said, oh, that's a good dream. It means in three days you're going to be restored to your old position, and you'll be bearing the Pharaoh's cup to him once again. And when you come before the Pharaoh, tell him about me, will you? I've got a bum rap. I don't deserve to be here. I'm a Hebrew the woman lied about me and try and help me out if you would so the baker said oh I had a dream too and I had three baskets of dainties that I had baked for the Pharaoh and I was carrying them on my head but as I was carrying them to the Pharaoh the birds came and ate the dainties Joseph said you're in trouble man three days and the Pharaoh will have your head and uh, so evidently the baker was the one who put the poison in the bread or whatever the plot was, and he was discovered, the baker was put to death, but the butler was returned to his position as the chief of the butlers bearing the cup to the pharaoh once again. But the butler forgot all about Joseph for two years. But then after two years, the pharaoh had a weird dream that troubled him. And he called in all of his wise men and astrologers, soothsayers, to interpret for him his dream None of them being able to do so, suddenly the memory of the butler was triggered and he said, oh, I've done a horrible thing. There's a beautiful fellow down in jail. He's a Hebrew. And and this fellow is able to interpret dreams. He interpreted the dream of the butler and the the baker and myself and it came out just like he interpreted and he can interpret your dream for you. And so they sent for Joseph who shaved and took a bath and came in before the Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh said, I understand you can tell dreams. He said, well, uh, I'm in touch with God and God knows everything and God can reveal the dream and the secret to the Pharaoh. So the Pharaoh explained his dream, which was in double. There was first of all the seven fat cows grazing by the Nile River. And uh, as they were peacefully grazing, seven skinny, scrawny cows came up out of the river and ate up the fat cows, and they weren't any fatter after they ate them. And then he saw the seven stalks of wheat. They were uh, full corn and beautiful. And then there came up after them seven blasted and withered ears of corn, and the seven blasted withered ones, ate up the healthy ones. Now, you can almost understand cows eating up each other, but it's hard to understand wheat eating up other wheat. But that's the way he dreamed it. And, of course, dreams do weird things. And it doesn't have to make sense in a dream, you know. And uh, so Joseph said, The Lord has showed to the Pharaoh that which is going to transpire in the land of Egypt. The dreams are one, though they are diverse, yet... It's one meaning and the reason for the repetition is that it is sure God is confirming it to the Pharaoh. There are going to be seven years of plenty in which the earth is going to just really produce plenty. But it'll be followed by seven years of famine and the famine will be so great that it'll eat up all of the surplus of the good years. Now he said the Pharaoh should appoint a wise man over the kingdom that during the years in which the surplus exists that he might gather together all of the surplus of the good years into barns and into granaries in order that during the lean famine years that are coming they'll be able to distribute it to the people and thus survive the great famine that is coming. The king appointed Joseph himself, second in Egypt, And over this project because he said no one is wiser than you No one else was able to tell me the meaning of the dream And so Joseph became second in Egypt During the seven years he gathered together And kept uh, the record of the amounts of grain Until they gathered such an abundance They couldn't even keep record anymore They just piled it in and didn't even try to count the bushels anymore and Then began the seven bad years, and the famine extended beyond the borders of Egypt and up in Canaan where Joseph's family lived. Jacob looked at his sons and he said, Why are you guys looking at each other? I understand they have wheat down in Egypt. Go down and buy us some. And so ten of Joseph's brothers came down to Egypt to buy wheat Joseph recognized them when they came in. They didn't recognize him. He gave them a bad time, accused them of being spies, kept one of them hostage while he sent the other nine back and said, don't bother to come again unless you bring your youngest brother with you the next time and prove you are not spies. After a lot of haggling, Jacob, first of all, totally unwilling to let Benjamin go, finally relented. And Judah became surety for Benjamin and they came down again to Joseph to buy wheat and uh, after a series of incidences Joseph revealed himself to his brothers who he really was and he told them to bring their father down to Egypt because there were five more years of famine that were yet to follow and Joseph said I will nourish you and take care of you here and so that brings us up to chapter 47 then Joseph came And told the Pharaoh and said, My father and my brothers and their flocks and their herds and all that they have are come out of the land of Canaan and behold, they are in the land of Goshen. Now, the land of Goshen was actually near the Nile Delta. It was actually in the Nile Delta and it was in the northeast part of Egypt. For the most part, the Egyptians had populated the south and western part of Egypt. But up here in the Nile Delta was a very fertile land. It was great for cattle grazing. And the Egyptians didn't care much for cattle grazing or sheep herding. And so uh, it was an area that wasn't very populated as far as the Egyptians went. And yet very fertile areas. So Joseph placed his family there in the area of Goshen. And he took some of his brothers, that is five of his brothers, and he brought them before the Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh said unto his brothers, "Uh, What is your occupation? And they said unto Pharaoh, Your servants are shepherds, both we and our fathers. Now the shepherds were an abomination to the Egyptians for some reason or other. And yet there is a period in Egyptian history where they had pharaohs that were called the Hyksos kings. Hyksos meaning shepherds. And it is felt that it was at this time uh, that Joseph and and the children of Israel were in Egypt that the dynasty of the Hyksos kings existed. And uh, thus there wasn't at this particular time such a feeling against shepherds as there usually did exist in Egypt. Egypt, And they moreover said to Pharaoh, For to sojourn in the land are we come. In other words, we aren't coming uh, as immigrant status. We're not trying to move in and take over your land. Our purpose isn't to stay here. Uh, We're just coming down to sojourn in the land, pointing out the fact that they were shepherds, pointing out the fact that they had brought their own herds and their own cattle and not to immigrate into the land, but just to sojourn in the land. Now, they may and they may not have known how long the sojourn was going to be. It all depends on whether or not they read the Scriptures. Now, if they themselves had read the Scriptures, they would know that they're going to be in Egypt for 400 years. That's a pretty good sojourn. But you remember back in the 15th chapter of Genesis where Abraham saw this vision. He had cut up these pieces of, uh, of the rams and so forth and laid them out before the Lord. And he fought the birds off all day that tried to uh, eat the carcasses. And then in the night, uh, a fear of darkness came upon Abraham and he saw the fire as it went between the uh, pieces of the sacrifice. And then the Lord explained to Abraham what was going on, how that his descendants were going to go down into Egypt and they would be there for 400 years, but then God would bring them out with great substance and so forth. So the 400 years in Egypt was actually something that God had already revealed to Abraham. It was a part of the record, a part of the Scriptures. And had they been up in the Scriptures, they would have known that the time of the sojourn in Egypt would be 400 years. This, of course, is the fulfillment of that prophecy that God did give to Abraham uh, back there in Genesis. And so we've come to sojourn in the land for thy servants have have no pasture for their flocks for the famine is sore in the land of Canaan. Now, therefore, we pray thee, let thy servants dwell in the land of Goshen. So... They are making now the formal request from the Pharaoh that they might dwell in the land of Goshen. Because of the famine in their own land, they ran out of pasturage for their flocks. And Pharaoh spake unto Joseph, saying, Thy father and thy brothers are come unto you, and the land of Egypt is before them. In the best of the land make your father and brothers to dwell. In the land of Goshen let them dwell, And if you know of any of them uh, who are experts in uh, their occupation actually as herdsmen, then put them over all of my flocks, for the Pharaoh also had a great deal of cattle. And Joseph brought in then Jacob, his father. And he set him before the Pharaoh, and Jacob blessed the Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Jacob, "How old are you?" So he brought in now his his ancient father, and Jacob immediately sort of takes command. Jacob blesses the Pharaoh. Now the Bible declares that the the that the lesser is blessed by the greater. In in referring to how that when Abraham came back from the uh, victory over the five kings and Melchizedek came out from Salem to meet him, how that he blessed Abraham, and in the book of Hebrews it is pointed out that the lesser is blessed by the greater. And so Jacob, in blessing the Pharaoh, as he comes in, he blesses the Pharaoh, pronounces a blessing upon him, and, and thus uh, immediately his, his position is recognized, and the Pharaoh says, How old are you? Uh, And uh, Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage, beautiful way to express it, are a hundred and thirty years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life, and yet I have not attained to the years of the life of my fathers, in the days of their pilgrimage. I'm 130 years old. My days have been few and evil, hard days. But even so, I haven't attained the years. Evidently he was weakening and he knew he would never make it as long as his dad did. His dad lived to be 175 so, and his great uh, and his grandfather 180. So I'm not going to make it as far as they did. Actually, we see now a a declining of longevity. Each generation uh, is living shorter and shorter after the flood. Those at Shem and those that survived the flood seem to live for a long period, but immediately we see a, a drop-off in the longevity, probably as the result of this protective canopy of water being removed from around the earth. As long as there was that protective canopy of water in space, it no doubt protected the earth from much of the cosmic radiation. It is the theory today of many of the scientists that the aging process is actually caused by this cosmic bombardment that our bodies are subjected to daily. All of these cosmic... A little, uh, what, neutrinos and all that comes shooting through the earth and and uh, come to us from outer space. They go right through your body, but somehow they upset your your cell structure, so that in time they they begin to create mutant cells and they begin to create the aging process. If it weren't for this cosmic Bombardment, it is possible that the body would continue to rejuvenate itself for much longer periods of time. But uh, such was the case prior to the flood. After the flood, there was a definite diminishing of the lifespan. And so now, here at 130, Jacob's an old man. Whereas before the flood, he had just been thinking about getting married at that point, and starting to raise his family, you know. And Jacob blessed the Pharaoh. So again he blessed him, and he went out from before the Pharaoh. And Joseph placed his father and his brothers and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramesses, as Pharaoh had commanded. So the area of Goshen, where later on, under slave labor, the Israelites would build the city of Ramesses. And so, in this area, on the delta of the Nile River, the, the good land for pasturage, especially, there's where they established themselves. And there was no bread in all the land, for the famine was very sore, so that the land of Egypt and all the land of Canaan had faded, fainted by reason of the famine. And Joseph gathered up all of the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the corn which they bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. That is, he selling the grain and so forth. He, he soon depleted. The people didn't have any more money. So when they, their money failed in the land of Egypt and Canaan, the Egyptians came to Jonas, Joseph and said, Give us bread. Why should we die in your presence? We don't have any more money. And Joseph said, all right, give me your cattle, and I will give you for your cattle if your money fails. And so they entered into a bartering process where Joseph would give them wheat in exchange for their cattle. And they brought their cattle unto Joseph, and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for their horses and for their flocks and the cattle and the herds and for the asses, and he fed them with bread for all their cattle for that year. The following year they came to him again, and they said, We'll not hide it from my Lord. Our money is gone. You have all of our herds and cattle. There's nothing left but our own bodies and our lands. So why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread, we and our land will be your servants. And give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land not be desolate. And so Joseph bought all of the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. For the Egyptians sold every man his field, because the famine prevailed over them, so that the land became Pharaoh's. And as for the people, he removed them to cities from one end of the borders of Egypt even to the other. Only the land of the priest he did not buy, for the priest had a portion assigned them of Pharaoh and did eat their portion which Pharaoh gave them, wherefore they sold not their lands. Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you this day and your lamb for Pharaoh. Here is seed for you. Now you will sow the land. And so it came to... And it shall come to pass, when you have your increase, you'll give a fifth part to Pharaoh, and four parts shall be your own for seed in the field and for your food and for them of your households and for food for your little ones. And they said, You have saved our lives. Let us find grace in the sight of my Lord. We will be Pharaoh's servants. So Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt unto this day. That would be the time of Moses writing this account that Pharaoh should have a fifth part except the land of the priest only, which became not Pharaoh's.
0: We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Genesis on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, Simply order Genesis 46 through 47 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org.
1: May the Lord be with you. May he minister to your life in such a way that you'll be very conscious of the presence of God. And may you just recognize his nearness and his grace and his love and just be overwhelmed by the goodness of God. May the Lord bless, watch over, and keep you through Jesus Christ,
0: This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Lord, I believe in you. I'll always believe in you.
1: It is by faith that you've been walking into one level of spiritual maturity to another. Faith is the key to a successful Christian life. And that is why the Word of God tells us, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It was faith that led Abraham into the land of promise. It was faith that led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. It was faith that enabled Peter to step out of the boat and to walk on water. The question is, what might faith do in you? To order a copy of Pastor Chuck's book, Faith, Or to preview a chapter for free online, visit thewordfortoday.org
0: or call 800-272-9673.